BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I've been taking all your topics. So trying to choose one today, it's quite hard because there's so many good ones how to fight fairly in a marriage, I guess, or in any relationship. It's an interesting one because I don't know about you. I see red and I snap and it doesn't last for long, but everyone in my life, anyone in my life knows about it. It's at work, it's at home, it's have a very short fuse. And I think it's like probably stress related or I just don't suffer fools or I just, you know, I don't know, I get irritated fast. And I think with age, it's just got worse and worse and worse. I suppose the good thing about Sergio and I and our relationship with the sort of age difference is that he allows me my grumpiness. He kind of like, I mean, you always find Sergio busy Googling what time what time of the month it is, Googling, you know, what part, stage of my life I could possibly be in and the reasons for my bad mood. And I suppose because Sergio was so young when I met him, 24, like he didn't know that much about the female body and periods and mood swings and all of this kind of stuff, which is hilarious. So I remember having that first chat with him about like me on my period. And he, he always goes because he knows like a week before, like everybody in this house knows to run for the fucking hills, literally. And, you know, he goes, so women have this every month, all of you. And he understood that it's kind of like a universal thing that we're all sort of allowed to be grumpy this once a month. But what's the excuse for the rest of it? I mean, 
it's too too funny. I suppose if it was the other way around, I think women hold their anger in a lot better when you have an older husband and, you know, he's kind of running the show and, you know, you kind of have to fit into their lives, don't you? And I think we've all been taught to breathe deep. But as I get older, I find it harder to breathe deep. And I also feel that as we get older, you know, you're less sort of allowing of these things. I feel like if I if I scream once or twice and I'm heard, it's over. And I think it's quite good rather than bottling it up. Sergio doesn't really. He's more of a walker awayer. And I'm more of a, you know, scream at each other, tell the other person how you feel, and then let's forget about it. And I think a lot of times what we do is, you know, especially women, we can we can see red, as I said. We can say some very hurtful things. And, you know, I remember from one of my first relationships, I used to do the same. Like, I'd say really awful things and sort of gauge their reaction on their face. And if it wasn't having the reaction I'd wanted, I'd go deeper. And then afterwards, I'd go, what did I just say? Why did I say that? I don't mean that. And it's really, really interesting. I don't know why we do it. You know, I don't know why we want to hurt the person at that time. So what, what is arguing fairly? I mean, arguing is, by the time you're arguing anyway, it's normally over ridiculous stuff in a marriage, like ridiculous that, you know, it's not really the problem. But you're living with someone, you're with someone all the time. It's an unnatural state of being, isn't it? It's like, you know, you have to see them, you have to get used to their habits, you have to, the the nuances, the things that annoy you all the time, you have to see all the time. And you, you, you know, it's very hard, you snap. And everybody snaps and it's okay. Fairly, I don't know, sometimes I suppose when I have to reflect on things, when I reflect on things and I think, God, I've behaved badly, I try and helicopter the situation and look at his point of view completely unemotionally because obviously it all comes from emotion, doesn't it? So, you know, I try and take the emotion out of it and go, okay, where is he coming from? Why is he pushing me like this or why is this argument built up because I said as I said the argument genuinely normally isn't even the issue right you you can start arguing in a marriage over the most ridiculous fucking stuff like I don't know toothpaste washing on the floor leaving the loose seat up you know these are pet peeves I think when 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 we get older or not we, when we go through a marriage, there are just certain times where it gets hard. You know, before marriage, we're all independent. Before marriage, we're living our best lives independently, doing what we want. And then suddenly we, we end up in a house with somebody else whose opinion matters as much as yours. And, you know, I don't know, like, like most girls, when I was young, I had my own apartment, right? So everything in that apartment was my own. And then you have a husband who comes in or you buy a house together and suddenly the husband has a choice of what color cushion you have. You hate that color cushion. You don't want the color cushion, but what are you going to do? You you can't say no to everything he wants in the house and keep the house to yourself. That won't work, will it? So you already start this marriages sort of giving up pieces of you. Like I, I, I've sat, definitely had, you know, houses where I've looked every fucking day at the cushion going, hate the fucking cushion, but what can I do if I throw it out? So the only pieces he got to choose. So I think it's, 
well, exactly what I just did, breathing deeply and understanding life has to change. Life changes a lot, even with your best friend. And I've, you know, Sergio is my best friend, but even, you know, now we're doing a house, right? And he's like, well, what part do I get to choose? Well, I mean, frankly, none of it, but you know, I can't say that out loud, can I? So I'm like trying to sort of placate him and go, garage looks really nice. Isn't that a wonderful space? You can do anything in there. Why do you put some posters up? Oh, lights, put the lights in the thing. Purple floors sound amazing, you know, and therefore I can win my fight fairly that he feels he won something. And I feel like, you know, I still feel like I won completely, obviously, but I won't tell him that. And hopefully you don't. It's very difficult because there's always a stronger partner in a relationship and it's hard not to take over, isn't it? You know, it's like fighting about kids between a parent. There's always one parent that's going to win that battle. You know, there just is. There is one that sort of, it's normally the mother that leads on everything. And there's one that the kids listen to a little bit more, normally the mother, just because they tend to do everything for them. So it's hard because the father can battle and battle. But at the end of the day, you know, really, you're going to win. So fighting fairly is, I guess, discussing things before you go ahead and doing it. You know, like if I've had an all out brawl with Sergio, you know, and again, I get like, I just need space for a minute. I need space. And then what happens is he'll sort of wander off in, you know, feeling like the world has ended because, and I really haven't even heard the words I've said to him because I, you know, I'm in such a fluster and I'm just spewing, you know, evil. And then I'll sit in the room by myself. And of course, 10 minutes goes by and I've realized, well, now I'm really by myself and he's, I don't know where he is. And then I'm like, well, I quite miss him. And then I think to myself, what did I say to him? And then I've got to go back and replay the whole bloody thing in my head, which is never pleasant. And I go, why would I say that? I really don't mean that. And then, you know, that's when I think we all go into that mode. We've all done it, I'm sure. Like where you write letters to each other, not letters, but text, long text, because you always think, well, it's better the person reads it than saying it face to face. And and it is true, by the way, it's always easier, isn't it, to write something than to apologize in person. And I think I always sort of try, although I will never admit that I'm wrong, which is another fault, like you kind of do have to admit sometimes you're wrong. I will give in in certain things. I'll go, you were right on this though. And yes, I am like this. And I don't know why I'm like this. I'm not admitting fault to the situation, but I'm just saying I understand his position. At the end of the day, you have to live with that person. So you can't be bloody minded all the way through. Relationships that are just one way won't work in the long run, I think. I mean, you know, like, I mean, obviously back in the day, and I suppose in my parents' era and my grandparents' era, there was always one really dominant person and the other person just followed. But, you know, I, I don't think that exists anymore, nor nor would you want to live like that particularly. I don't care if you're the breadwinner or not, because even if you're the breadwinner, the other person's doing the house and bringing up the kids. So, you know, in today's world and society, each person has a huge role to play. You know, I think choosing responsibilities and, you know, deciding on plans and money and how things are going to be separated and talking things through can really, really help before you get to the same fights and before you sort of lose control. I think the most important thing and I, what I have said in many, many podcasts before is that the biggest lies are in marriages. 
be it infidelity, be it money, be it true feelings because you don't want to hurt the other person and, you know, be it the way the kids are being brought up, you know, people swallow stuff. And we've been, we're in a society where we've been taught not to talk. We've been taught just to swallow hard, breathe deeply, and the problem will go away. It doesn't go away. It festers. It festers inside. If it bothered you before, it's going to bother you later. And that's that's really the truth. So whether it's a therapist that does help you, as I said, it wasn't something that I ever wanted to do purely because I think I'd spent so much time letting things fester that I felt that if I let it all out, that there was no coming back from that, even on probably on a friendship level. So for me, I think some of the white lies were better kept but if you're if you've managed to catch it before it all festers then i would say that probably having a third party in that room to sort of go well she's got a point or he's got a point you know that does sound fair what about if you do this and you do that would probably help the situation can't believe i'm saying that but it probably would and i think that it, that's a really interesting point because that person isn't emotionally attached to either of you and that person doesn't really care how it ends they just want it to end peacefully and that maybe means that that person points out things that you haven't thought about and makes you listen a little harder I think you know there are so many different aspects to living with someone that I mean in friendships too you just, it's being reasonable because you're expecting to per, for a person to think and act like you, to have the same moral compass as you. And by the way, by the, when I say that doesn't mean that my moral compass is better than anybody else's. It's just my moral compass, right? So I feel like, I feel sort of like superior that my moral compass is the best moral compass, but obviously it's not. You know, I'm sure other people feel exactly the same way about their moral compass. So, and that is something I have to, I struggle with in my head because I'm like, how could she do that? And then other people look at me and go, how does she, how could she behave that way? And then I realize, you know, to somebody else, I might be, you know, the devil incarnate. So it's all relative, isn't it? So, and it's, it's opinions. And as we've all always said, they're like assholes. Everybody has one. So it's just managing them and understanding whose opinion matters to you and whose doesn't. And obviously, you know, your husband's should. And if it doesn't, there's a much bigger issue. And I think that's, that's the thing I've maintained. If you don't want to fight fairly in your marriage and it's, you're just out to win all the time, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. Because if a person spends their marriage giving in and going, okay, I, you know, just let him have it, which is when I think back, really what I think happened to me, she just hit me now, really. I just spent my life going, oh God, I can't be fucked up. I can't, I can't argue over this. Don't care. Can't argue about why the kids are screaming at 9am because they don't want to go to school. Pretty fucking obvious, isn't it? You know, why didn't they sleep last night? Well, they didn't, you know, wish I could change it. I know they're grumpy little fucks right now, but I can't change it. So no point arguing over it. I used to just go into mode of like, he would be angry at a situation and I would just walk away from it and just wait for it to simmer down. And I think, or, you know, I would be 
super annoyed with something he'd said. And I just swallow hard, roll my eyes and walk off and wait for it to finish or go and sit in my room or go and sit in my closet and think about how annoyed I was and like literally want to stick needles in my teddy bear. And now I think with Sergio, I still have that. I think men need to assert control at some point or to feel like they're heard, right? Because women have got more and more dominant, you know, men used to sort of pay for things which gave them the right to tell you what to do. Now everybody pays for things and life is sort of shared. Now their role is lessened and, you know, they don't really have the right to do that anymore. Sergio is very, 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 very much a modern partner. Like, I mean, I think very clearly, I mean, that's what I do do to think to fight fairly. Like if I'm really pissed off with Sergio and I go, oh, fuck, you know, what am I doing? I'm like, I picture myself, I literally lie down and picture myself with an al- the alternative and what that looks like. And that is not ever going to be right for me. And then I go, okay, I've got to make it right. And what does Sergio want the most? You know, Sergio is a very easy man to please, really. He just needs affection all the time. Okay, well, I mean, okay, I can't do that all the time, but like I'm getting better and better and better and better. Okay. He wants his family around him. I mean, not much to ask for, but very weird for me, considering, you know, I went to boarding school from six to 18 or whatever it was, seven to 18, and you end up going home three times a year. Brothers and sisters all went to different boarding schools, so you don't grow up together. So I don't particularly need my family around all the time. I know that they're if I need them. I know where they are They on the end of the phone. And three times a year, probably we speak. So, you know, we're very different people trying to live in one house with three young children, three staff that live here, and another two that come in the day. Of course we get heated. My staff know every argument we have because they're here and there's nothing we can do to get about it. You know, so when we have a screaming row or slam doors or whatever, the whole house knows, the whole house knows. But, you know, we tend to sort of like stomp around, screech at each other. I'm a very loud person. And then it's over. And I don't bring it up again. And I think that's really important. I think some people just harp on and on and on. And remember when you did that last year, you did that again. Or, you know, you're behaving like this. I I can't do that. I can't do that. If I've expressed myself, then I expect to be heard. There are certain things in life that, you know, I, I can't change, right? So like, I remember, like I said to him, it's really important to me at the end of the day, like really late at like, at the end of the day, I don't sleep as much as he, you know, he wants to sleep earlier probably than I do. So I like to watch TV. He want, does. He can't sleep with a TV. For me, that's unnegotiable, non-negotiable. Sorry, go to sleep. This is also my space, my space, his space. So, you know, how are we going to get around it? Because fundamentally, we're never going to agree on that. So either you get a separate bedroom, which isn't going to happen, or you put earplugs in and go to sleep, or you just get used to sleeping with the TV on. But if I've spent my life And I'm not going to lie in the dark, staring at the ceiling, waiting to fall asleep because he doesn't want me to relax in my own room at the end of the day. And this is actually an argument we actually have quite often. With Sergio, because he's young, I guess it takes a little bit longer to go in. So I'll have this same argument three or four times, you know, stomp around, tell him to get out, you know, run to the kid's room, whatever I do. But ultimately, I'm not backing down. This is his bedroom, but it's also my bedroom. 
I need to be comfortable, he needs to be comfortable. There are other ways to go to sleep. Close your eyes, put on an eye mask and shove in earplugs. End of. That's what you do for me so that I can watch my latest Netflix series. So, you know, that one's important for me. Crazy as it sounds. His is all about his mother and his family coming to stay. So, you know, I'm not used to having people in my house three to four, six weeks. That's what he wants. Okay, so I've built a guest room. Not so bad if that's all he wants. He can have that. Now we both won something, right? It's little wins in marriages, I think. You know, quick wins. So without feeling like you've sort of raped your soul and and given in everything. So I win something, he wins something. I think that's fighting fairly. I got the house, he got the garage. Do I like what he's doing to the garage? Absolutely not. But, you know, what am I going to do? I can't like tell him he can't design any of it. You know, can I? So if he wants to put, you know, pink walls up in the garage, that's what he's going to do, I guess. We had a little row yes the other day because he I've got a balcony on our bedroom, it's a very small one, but a massive one to the right. But the, the one on the left has is overlooking the river. So he wants a table out there. I've said, absolutely not. We've got a huge balcony the other side where we're going to sit. So, you know, these stupid things, but actually they teach you how to communicate too. Because once I've explained all the reasoning, and then if I need backup, obviously I call my interior designer or a friend and go, what do you think to help us solve it? But these stupid things help you communicate, right? It's kind of like the things that I said, you know, with Sergio and I doing the prenup before. It wasn't that I'm going into it thinking that Sergio is going to fuck me or I'm going to fuck him. It was like saying, in a way, it's the uncomfortable conversation before it has to happen because it's always going to happen. At some stage, you need to know what each person's worth. At some stage, you need to know what the playing field is and what you're playing with and, you know, what someone can afford to do or can't afford to do. These are uncomfortable conversations that people just don't want to talk about. The biggest arguments in marriages are about money. I see it all the time. Women go shopping on their husband's credit cards, shove it under the bed, lie about it, tell them they didn't do it, all of this rubbish. Instead of understanding if they had been involved in the process from the beginning and understood what the husband was worth and how much he makes and how much goes to tax, how much goes to, you know, car payments, house payments, children, whatever it is, and what's left to play with, then you'd understand, can you afford that Chanel jacket or not? Now, and then you wouldn't have to have the argument because that you're playing big boy and you're too scared to let her know that actually she can't buy another Chanel jacket this month because you've got school fees. So, you know, again, that is a conversation now, funnily enough, I have with my ex-husband because we're divorced, which we didn't really have before. But now we're divorced, we discuss money. It's not a big deal. It's not embarrassing. It's not anything. Because, you know, I know what he has to spend on the kids. And we, we discuss if they need extras and that and this and whatever, everything. We're, we're just doing a plan now for you know, they're Christmas gifts. So I have probably more financial knowledge and conversations with my ex now than I did when I was married, which is hilarious. And as for Sergio, you know, 
it's so mature, our relationship. I love it. You know, that we can discuss all these things and that in a way, you know, we control these things together. It's really, really nice. And so because we were so open and honest, we don't row about it. We don't row about money. Amazingly, even if I am, you know, like certain things Sergio doesn't want to buy or wouldn't buy and I want to buy, like he doesn't get all the furniture stuff that I want for the house. And I consider some of the furniture art, right? They make the house. He wouldn't buy that. But again, he's 28 years old, but then he'd go and buy some ridiculous car that I think is just a giant penis extension. I really don't care about cars. But again, who am I to argue? He's made the money. He wants to buy a car, buy the fucking car. I'm not giving up my B&B Italia sofa. So there you go. He doesn't want the, the sofa, couldn't care less. He'd rather have the car outside. Difference of opinion, his money, go buy your car. Can't argue with him. If he's worked hard for it and he's still doing what I need him to do, then I can't get involved in these things. I cannot, you know, and you just need to pick and choose your battles. It's like when Sergio came home and I had a beautiful beige Porsche. Now I've got a Porsche that looks like a female blood clot, as my daughter calls it, which I'm driving around Dubai, but apparently it's the only one like this color. Can't imagine why. Getting used to it, it's fine. He loves it. Really, it's not worth the argument, is it? So I think those are the things, you know, I can't absolutely tell you how to fight fairly because I've, obviously we're all in the, in the heat of the moment. There's nothing fair. Everybody wants to win. But I think, you know, what we need to learn in a marriage, there is no winning. Because you think you've had your quick win and actually it stays because you're like, fuck, they won again. They pushed me again. Nobody wants to listen. And actually you're not winning, you're losing. You're taking a little bit of their soul, of your marriage, of everything with you. And I think that's where I pull myself back. That's not to say, by the way, I'm good at this. As I said, I say awful things to Sergio horrible. And I really hate myself afterwards. Really, really do. And he doesn't retaliate the same way I do. And I'm thinking to myself, why do I do that? Because I actually have better language skills than he does. So frankly, he should be the one. I mean, actually, he does say awful things to me in Spanish, so I don't really understand it, nor do I care. But why do I need to hurt him like that? You know, and then afterwards, as I said, I feel terrible. So I think, you know, it's okay to lose control. We all have. It's okay to make mistakes, but learn from them. Fighting fairly is learning from the last fight, really. What can you change? What would you do differently? And what do you hate about yourself? What does it tell you about yourself that you can't keep control more than anything? And, and then change it. So, you know, now we speak about what is negotiable in my house and what isn't, right? So non-negotiable, I need to watch TV and relax in my bedroom at the end of the day because it's my bedroom. It's, but then obviously it's his bedroom too. So how do we make it work for both of us? And that's what we do. Money. Have the conversation before. Here's your spending limit, darling. Here's your spending limit, darling. This is what we have left after we've paid all our bills at the end of the month. This is all we've got. Okay, there you go. Problem solved, isn't it? Instead of pretending you're richer than you are in your own, your own husband. Who gives a shit? Or vice versa. Asking his opinion, even if you're not taking it, right? Even if you don't bloody want it. Do you like this wallpaper? No. Great. Okay. Still, wallpaper's still going up probably. But just pretend he's part of the process. Pretend. Make him feel heard. And I really think that's fighting fairly. 
just, you know, I win the bedroom, he won the garage. He wants to go out tonight, I don't want to go out. Okay, so I'll go out, I'll push to go out tonight, I'll push through, and then he'll go out another night when I want to go out and he doesn't. That's fighting fairly. Quick wins and not holding on to stuff. If you've decided you're going to do it, even if you're resenting it, you can't, you don't get to bring it up all the time because then there's no point giving it in. He didn't have his win because he's being battered for it the whole time. Remember that. If you can't live with it, don't do it. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. I hope this helps on how to fight fairly. I mean, we're all winging it, let's face it. And I'll probably have a fight today, so you never know. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 